Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, February 27th edition of the MAOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, not a ton to talk about today. Kind of in a slow news week. Uh, UFC Norfolk coming up Saturday. Well, I'll talk about it after that, I'm sure. Next month's going to be crazy. We've got UFC 248 and a bunch of other cards. UFC Columbus, which should be a good one. UFC Brasilia. I think there's a, a Bellator card too, but... This last week for February uh, is not uh, the most newsworthy week, I'd say. So, short show today. A couple of fight announcements and a few pieces of news. Let's get right into it. Saratito Ortiz, his fight against Alberto Del Rio, which was originally a first-round submission win for Tito Ortiz, has been changed into a no decision by the Texas Athletic Commission. And it could still be changed back to a win. But right now, it is a no decision or no contest we don't really know why at this point um there is i guess kind of rumors that he might have filled a drug test but there's nothing out there right now definitive so kind of strange i mean texas kind of beats to their own drum the commission there they do a lot of sketchy kind of things as far as overturning fights go like if a guy tests positive for a small minuscule amount of weed they've been known to overturn those decisions in the past so maybe he tested positive for weed i don't really know i don't want to speculate um it's not really fair to tito it's just kind of weird like this fight was a joke anyways right like i don't know if he did smoke a joint or something he gets caught for a small amount of weed like that'd be a pretty awful way to lose a win on your record right it's actually the first no contest of tito's career he's been around since 1997, so 22 years, and his first no contest. That's weird. So all of those other fights have been fine. He had the one draw with Rashad Evans back in 2007, but otherwise, like, it's either win or loss for Tito Ortiz. So very kind of strange piece of news here. Again, could still be changed back to a win once they figure out exactly what happened, but, uh, yeah, just speculation out there right now, and that's all it is. So don't know exactly what it was, but his win is a no decision, and that – Basically, was the biggest piece of news yesterday. There wasn't a lot to talk about. Um, a few other things here. There are small notes that I want to mention. PFL is actually going to hold an award show, which is pretty cool. Uh, the UFC doesn't even do an award show, and PFL already has one. Like that's kind of crazy. Like PFL is only in its going to be in its third season this year. They're trying to really become uh, a legitimate organization. I think in MMA and sports in general. They're on ESPN now, obviously. I think this is a good idea. I looked at I looked at the uh, categories and you know there's not a lot of fighters to choose from so there's a lot of the same fighters like lance palmer and ray cooper like you'll see a lot of those guys in the women's division obviously going to be run over by Kayla harrison but it is pretty cool they're at least doing that and they also have the categories like most approved fighter besides the obvious ones like best fighter of the year and uh best knockout and stuff like that so i think it's pretty cool i'd love for the ufc to do the same thing to have like an awards night like most of the other uh big sporting organizations like the nhl they have an awards night and mlb does their awards and nfl does awards and nba does the awards ufc wants to be taken seriously at the top sport they need to have an awards and i know they had something like the toyo tires like awards last year they were voted on i haven't really heard anything since then about that but yeah why don't they have it like in awards it's 2020 it's a great time to start it you know you got best fighter male and female and then best knockout best submission best fight best event it's crazy. Like every MMA journalist, including myself, does a piece at the end of every year giving their awards. Why doesn't the UFC do it? PFL does it and UFC doesn't. That's crazy. 
to beat Magomed Cherpov, he uh, spoke to the Russian media the other day and, and basically talked about his cardio issues. And he agreed that the criticism is fair, that he does actually have cardio issues. And basically said that the weight cut is what's getting him. And I don't think that's much of a surprise because the guy's huge. He's a big featherweight. He is one of the bigger featherweights in the UFC, six foot one and a half inches. Um, he's just a very tall dude. He has to cut a ton of weight to make 145. And now I'm starting to think, like, is his future at 145 or is it at 155? I think he'd still be really good at 155. Now, obviously, I'd love to see him fight for the 145-pound title. I think he probably should have been next. But, of course, they're giving the rematch to Max Holloway against Volkanovski. But I think Zabit could have been next. So he's probably going to have to take one more fight. The Yair fight would be a good fight. Brian Ortega has been a rumored fight. Not sure what's going on here with Zabit. I just want to see him book soon. He hasn't fought since November against Cater. Great fight there. He won fight of the night for that in one decision. And uh, right now he's actually on a 14-fight win streak, including a 6-0 mark in the UFC. So the guy is tremendously talented. But we need to see him in a five-round fight, guys. Three rounds is just not enough. we got to see him tested in a five-round fight. You know, you want to talk about Zabit being a legitimate title contender. He's got to go for five rounds or, or less. So uh, Zabit hopefully gets a main event slot in his next fight that's actually a five-round fight this time, not a three-round fight. And I think Yair would be a good fighter, Brian Ortega, or even Korean Zombie. Those are all really good fights. Hopefully get him back in the cage soon. But it was kind of interesting to hear him admit what a lot of us observers see in him, and that is a flaw in his cardio. A couple of fight announcements here. Okay, UFC 248, Mobsfar Evlov has been injured, and I was reading about it today. And uh, apparently he's been hurt in a motorcycle accident. And I don't know if it was his fault. I think he actually was hit by someone else. But I saw the picture today. Someone had to read it. And, man, he got banged up. So Monsfire of Love is out of this fight with Jamal Emers, who himself was filling in short notice. And now Emers will be taking on Giga Chikadizi, who was supposed to fight Mike Davis this weekend at UFC Norfolk. And uh, actually, I have a funny story about that. So I was telling a guy at bowling yesterday what my team would be for a tournament coming up in a few months. And he goes, okay, what's the guy's name, right, uh, as my teammate? And I go, it's uh, Mike Davis. He's like, who's Mike Davis? So I'm like, it's Mike Davis. I'm like, you don't know him? Like, he's been bowling here for years, right? And the guy's just like, yeah, I don't know who Mike Davis is. And then uh, I realized later on his name was Mike Evans. I was calling him Mike Davis because I was reading about that fight yesterday, which I thought was hilarious. And my buddy on the team was a huge UFC fan. Just like, dude, look, his name's not Mike Davis. I thought it was funny anyways. Just a small little anecdote there. But, uh, yeah, as far as this fight goes, Jamal Emmers versus Jiggy Chicky Daisy. Jamal Emmers is a guy who probably should have been in the UFC a while ago. Right now he's on a four-fight win streak. He's an LFA guy. He was in the contender series a couple years ago, got knocked out by Julian Arosa. But a very dangerous guy, and he's got a lot of finishes in his career, a lot of experience. LFA guy, LFC, legacy fighting championship guy before when it was that promotion. Uh, he actually has a really notable win over Corey Sanhagen from 2017. So a great win three years ago. Sure, it's not the Corey same Corey Sanhagen as we know now in the UFC, who's just an absolute monster, but still a good win on your resume. And the guy's a solid fighter with a 17-4 record, and he's only 30 years old. So really in his prime. And then Jiggy Chicka Daisy, he is coming off a win over Brandon Davis in his UFC debut overall 8-2. and two. He's 31 years old, just a little bit older, Georgian fighter. Another guy who was on Contender Series a couple years ago, lost to Austin Springer by Rene Kachoke. Since then, won three straight fights, including that split decision win over Brandon Davis, which I just mentioned. Uh, interesting fight here for sure. Both guys kind of were you know, booked against other opponents, so they've been kind of thrown into this matchup here. I don't know. It's hard to say uh, who's going to win this one. I assume the line will be very close, maybe a slightly lean towards Emmers, but uh, definitely a close fight. UFC Oklahoma City gets an interesting featherweight bout. Charles Rose against Bryce Mitchell. 
And my guy Mike Hecht at BJPenn.com actually broke the news for this fight. So good fight here. Charles Rosa, 33 years old, 12-3 and in his career, 3-3 and in the UFC, coming off a really nice win over Manny Bermudez, one performance that night. In six fights, he's won four bonuses, Charles Rosa. So the guy's an exciting fighter. He's been in the UFC since 2014. And really, his most notable win, I guess, would be Bermuda's, which is a decent win. But, you know, this guy, when he's stepped up in competition, has lost. Yeah, you're in Shane Burgos. So uh, he's a solid fighter for sure. But he's getting up there now at 33. I mean, he's not at spring chicken anymore. I think this is make or break time for Charles Rosa. Definitely a dangerous guy. But he only fights once a year. And when you only fight once a year, it's very hard to develop momentum in the UFC. Anyways, he takes on Bryce Mitchell here. And Bryce Mitchell is coming off, arguably, submission of the year. Last year, when he tapped out Matt Sales with a twister at UFC, Washington, D.C., and overall, this guy's 3-0 in the UFC. He is 12-0 in his career. He was an ultimate fighter, and he lost to Brad Tone on the show, but it's not a pro fight. So technically, as a pro, he's undefeated, although we do know he lost that fight. But yeah, this guy is really good. His ground game's awesome. Out of his 12 wins, 9 by submission, including that twister. And uh, the fight should be pretty interesting. I think it's a close fight. I think Rosa definitely can win, but uh, I think Bryce Mitchell will be favored. He is 25 years old. He's a lot younger. He's undefeated, and he's coming off a twister win. So I think a lot of people are going to get him respect in this fight, and I think he will be favored. And the last matchup here, talk real quickly, UFC Austin. This card will be taking place in June. So another new card has been announced for UFC, and Austin, Texas is the home of it. Jennifer Maya will be taking on Vivian Araujo in the UFC women's flyweight division. And Jennifer Maya is 17-6-1 in her career in the UFC. She's just 2-2. Two two. She beat Roxanne Montefiore, which was a good win, but she missed weight. She also missed weight against Kaylin Chikane, lost that fight. And she has a win over Alex Davis and a loss to Liz Cormier. She is a former Invicta champion. She's a pretty talented fighter, but the fact she's missed weight twice really concerns me. 31 years old, make her break time. She misses weight, she's getting cut. I mean, they can't keep her around. I'm surprised they're giving her another shot of anything, but uh, that division's very shallow. They need all the fighters they can get. But yeah, Maya is definitely an experienced, talented fighter. And she does have two wins over Roxanne Montefiore, which are obviously really notable wins, as well as a win over Jessica Andrade in 2012. That's before Jessica kind of turned into the monster she is now, but still a good win on paper. And Maya takes on Vivian Araujo here. And Vivian Araujo, 8-2. 33 years old, so she's getting up there in age as well, especially for this division. One of the probably older fighters in this division at this point. Uh, coming off a decision loss to Just Guy at UFC 245. Before that, though, had won five straight fights, including back-to-back -back wins over Talita Bernardo in Brazil at a card I was at last year in Rio, and also against uh, Alexis Davis last year in Edmonton. So pretty talented fighter in all right. Definitely a close fight, but I think based on Maya's experience at the higher levels of sport and five-round fights, I think that will help her too. Not that this is a five-round fight. I just think fighting for belts and fighting for uh, a complete fight is going to really help her. So I would lean towards Maya a little bit, but I hope she makes weight because, man, if she misses weight and she's like the only contender in this division, what happens then, right? I mean, Roxanne might get the title shot, but Roxanne just lost to Jennifer just two fights ago, so no idea what's going to happen there. Anyways, again, short show today, guys, so I think that's going to be it for today just because there's not much to talk about. I'll look again just to see if I forgot to talk about anything not too much i don't know if i mentioned yesterday though, there's that clip of joseph benavides tapping out ryan seacrest with a guillotine that's pretty funny that's floating around um but yeah like, that's about it there's also this joshua fabia guy did some interviews yesterday kind of ridiculous but anyways uh in the meantime guys follow me on twitter at mmadam martin and i'm available at bjpen.com mmaoddsbaker.com and mmaratings.net so definitely follow my work there have a great day. I'll be back tomorrow for the Friday edition of the podcast. Bye.